Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. My name is Nicholas Sacco, and we have another great edition in store for you today. We'll chat to the senior men's coach of the Eltham Football Club, Robert Hyde, following his side's 11-1 and start to the campaign and their big 1v2 clash against Diamond Creek in MC Labor Division 2. This Saturday, we'll also chat to the senior women's coach of the Fitzroy Stars Football Netball Club in Lisa Roper to chat about the importance of NADOC week for her side, as well as their big Friday night clash against Darabin 2 in order to try and stay in the top four in SG Print and Paper Solutions Division 2. But not only that, we'll get through all of the senior men's and women's uh, results and what to look forward to as well in the upcoming weekend. And to help me do all that, we have Josh Ward standing by. Josh, thank you so much as always for coming on. Great to be back, yeah, after a week's rest. And yeah, well, there weren't too many surprises, a sprinkling of surprises, I'll I'll put it at that. There were still some very interesting results from the past weekend and a massive weekend ahead as well. Can't wait to take a look at all the results plus look ahead. We're we're getting to that stage of the season now where, you know, the run home is just about upon us as... Mm. You know, five, six weeks to go, and it's it's just all hands on deck as for sides not only try and stake their claim in the finals, but, you know, try and avoid relegation and, and, and the like. So some great matches to look forward to. But we'll go and review what happened on Saturday, and we'll begin with Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. And, well, it was headlined by two blockbuster top five games, but they were a little bit underwhelming, I must say, in the end in terms of the full-time result. We'll, we'll start with Greensboro and Montmorency, and, well... The Magpies just took them to task right from the word go. They never looked back after quarter time, and they put in a very, very impressive 50-point win over the Borough, away from home, just continuing their dominance and just continuing the gap that they have between them and the, and the bottom, I guess, seven or eight sides of the competition. Um, they're, they're well placed in second spot on the table and they're just looking the goods at the moment, the Magpies. They've been red out of form, eight wins in a row now, and this is... Well, by far, I reckon their best win of the season. You know, they went down to to Greensboro earlier in the year on their home deck too. And yeah, that was their last loss as well. And pick up a big victory here. They'll be, they would have celebrated deep into the night, the Montmorency faithful. I'm sure they always enjoy a victory against their next door neighbours. And yeah, this was a a massive victory. Just, it just shows how much the Magpies have improved this Mm. year and shows how much is, I'll, 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 fancy term here De- Greensboro have degraded throughout the year as well you know they started the se- both started the season off pretty well but you know it's been two different trajectories since that last first meeting between the two of them and yeah great performance Stanko Zenik and Ling Jong combining for four goals each as well so and Liam Old Buxton well no words necessary for him he's just continues to go from strength to strength this year. We'll talk more about what this means for the Magpies and their clash with Heidelberg next week, which is mouth-watering just by talking about it. But um, we, we signal some concern, concerns for Greensboro in the last fortnight. Well, I think they're more than concerns now. They're in fifth spot. They're four points behind the fourth-place West Preston Lakeside, who have jumped them on the ladder now with wins in the last fortnight. But not only that, they're only two points clear in the top five, they've got North Heidelberg and McLeod breathing down their necks, basically, um, in terms of gaining that fifth spot. And the Borough, they're in absolute danger of losing it, which I think has probably been one of the biggest surprises in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 because, 
you know, we've seen the last few years how dominant Greensboro have been. And, and by this point of the season, more often than not, you know, they're securing top three spots, maybe even as a minor premiership too. Uh, but, to, but to be 12 games in and to only be in the top five by two points, well... I think there's some danger signs coming here for the borough, and I'm not really sure what to make of it. Albeit they've still got a very, very impressive squad. I mean, you've, they've just brought in Josh Cuddy, you know. So mm-hmm. you know, we know what they're capable of, but um, you know, it, it could be a case that they they might struggle to keep this spot, and and, and maybe the question turns around to if they do finish in the top five, as we probably still expect them to do so, you know, can they do any damage? Yeah, it's it's very interesting now. I, I'm definitely very concerned for them, like like I was for West Preston Lakeside a couple of weeks ago, and now they've yeah, gone into form. But yeah, it's particularly concerning, because I thought with the signing of Josh, Josh Caddy, it would enhance, you know, how well they would perform this year, but it really hasn't. And yeah, this is... I think it's dangerous stations, I reckon, down at War Memorial Park. They need to change something up down down there if they are to, you know, stay in that top five, which I think they can. They have plenty of talent, but it is it is danger times down there indeed. Well, I mean, you know, they've they've got talent across all areas of the ground. You know, they've been having to play Tom Brindley in the ruck because they just haven't got that set ruckman that they had mm. in previous years. Jake McNamara would usually play that role. He's obviously no longer there. Um, you know, we saw they put in a transfer for, for Matthew Caruza. Um, so I'm not even sure if he would be able to get onto the park in terms of, you know, his injury status. I know he's been with the club for a few year, uh, a few weeks now. But, yeah, it's 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 interesting times right now to, to see if they can pull something off. Again, you know, you can't put it past Greensboro. We know that they're going to respond, but it's just going to be a matter now of, you know, how long is it going to take before they, they take that next step? So it will be interesting to see, mm. and we'll be keeping a close eye on them, no doubt. But the other top five game, well, that one was just as much of a surprise. Heidelberg and Bandura, and we saw these two sides play each other in the match of the day a couple of months ago, and the Tigers took them to task after half time. It was a similar case here against the Bulls. They were just no match for him. Heidelberg just continued to maintain that lead throughout the entire afternoon. Speaking of Ruckman, Sam Gilmore, what a season he's putting together for those for that Tigers side. He's leading the way in an already star-studded midfield, mind you, of Lockie Wilson and Matthew yeah. Smith. But um, he's facilitating everything down there. He's kicking goals up forward when he needs to. He's pretty much dominant in every Ruck contest. Um, and he's a big reason why Heidelberg are where they are at the moment. And I think it was helped by the fa- might have been slightly helped by the fact Hamish Shepherd wasn't mm. playing, but yeah, he's he's put together a magnificent season. Getting in early here, it sets up a mouth-watering rock contest in this week. But oh, sure does. Oh, it's a great vi- a great victory for Heidelberg. Yeah, I was expecting Bandura to to make it a bit closer, but yeah, the Tigers uh, they've just shown why they're one of the better sides against you know this uh, pretty. A pretty solid Bundura lineup, even if they're missing a couple of their their star players. Josh Minoke clearly loves playing against the <laughs> the Bulls. Kicks another five goals against them. Um, he's put together a great season now. Just the ten behind Paddy Fitzgerald in the go- in the goal kicking charts, and yeah, it's a it's a great win for Heidelberg, and yeah, sets them up really nicely for this top of the table clash this weekend. Well, it's it's what makes it so exciting with that that game. You know, we know the ruck battle is going to be strong. We've got. Uh, Josh Minogue at one end, Paddy Fitzgerald at the other. They've got goal scorers in just about every avenue as well um, between both sides. Both midfields are extremely strong and have played some great football this year. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely exciting. We'll stop harping on about the top two because 
Um, it will be a great contest there at Montmorency Park, North Over, but we'll get to that more towards the end of the program. McLeod, they suffered a bit of a scare, but they were able to get over the line eventually against Hurstbridge. A 16-point win for them got them through, so still keeps them in the hunt for that top five spot, as I mentioned earlier, just two points now behind Greensboro, albeit a very low percentage of 75. So they may have wanted to see this game as an opportunity against a struggling Hurstbridge side to gain some percentage. It hasn't happened for them, and I just wonder if that percentage might be a costly factor for their chances of playing in September. I think it will be, yeah. It's um, it's a good, it's a handy victory for McLeod, holding on just a fu- too quick, well, fast finish from them, four goals to only the two in the final term. But yeah, it would hurt them not getting that percentage boost. Like you know, teams around the teams around them would have. You know, I think North Heidelberg defeated Hurstbridge comfortably a couple of weeks ago, mm. and, and Greensboro did as well. So it would hurt them, but still, great performance. A win's a win, and you and take good to it. see Neb McEwen back for the Ruse as well over yeah. the weekend as well. Um, and Bailey helps. Jordan too for Hurstbridge mm. kicks the four goals. So good to see those two back in the uh, back in back in strengthening both their sides as well. Absolutely. And I guess on the flip side, Hurstbridge, seeing how close it was, and I think they were even leading at times throughout the match, probably may have seen that as an opportunity to climb off the bottom of the ladder. There still will be a chance for them. They've still got Northcote Park and Whittlesey to play this year. So that's probably the two games Mm -hmm. they're sort of penciling in as big opportunities to avoid um, a relegation battle towards the end of the season. But then looking at the other games we had, North Heidelberg and Northcote Park. Now, this game was interesting for moments because Norcott Park had the lead at many stages throughout the first half and yeah. looked threatening to cause what would have been a very big upset. We we saw how dominant they were against McLeod last week, uh, a fortnight ago rather, but uh, we didn't probably expect them to go all the way against North Heidelberg. In the end, the Bulldogs were just able to put them um, over the line and, and not just that, produce a, a pretty comfortable victory in the end. It was 51 points, the final margin. So um, important for the Bulldogs. That wouldn't have been a game they wanted to drop. And and again, similar to McLeod, puts them in close stead to securing that top five spot. Brent Harvey's playing some decent football. He's played the last few weeks for him, and that really helps. Um, and Jesse Tardy continues to lead away in the midfield. Yeah, it's they're starting to peak at the right time in North Heidelberg, and they're by far... The biggest threat to well, Greensboro potentially even West Preston Lakeside too, and in that top four, I think they might miss Brent Harvey this week because North Melbourne are playing on the Saturday. But yeah, he's been been terrific since he's come back into the Bulldogs lineup. But yeah, um, a very good win, percentage booster, which is much very handy as well. And you know, I kept a close. I, I was on Saturday. I wasn't out at the game we, you guys were doing, but I was keeping a close eye on this score because I was expecting Northcote Park to. You know, pull off a bit of a surprise, and well, at halftime, I was th- when I saw the scores, I was thinking they could potentially bet. Yeah, they just ran out of legs, which was would have been a bit expected due to you know the the casualties they suffered. The yeah, no Jordan or, or Matthew Perry, um, no, no Jordan Schroeder either, so mm. didn't help their cause in that one. But nonetheless, and like you mentioned, a very very solid effort for them to get as close as they did against North Heidelberg. And then in the other game to look at, West Preston Lakeside and Whittlesey. Well, it was Whittlesey that pulled off the incredible upset win in round two when these two sides last met. Wasn't to be the case this time. The Roosters picking up back-to-back victories, vital ones albeit as well, um, and securing the result in the end um, against an improved Whittlesey performance, you, you must say, but 
23 points in the end for West Preston Lake. So I put some up to fourth spot now and just creates a little bit of a buffer for them. Um, and, and like you said, this might be a case of them peaking at the right time too. We question whether they had what it t- took to, to respond and, and they have in the last couple of weeks. So all credit to Rob Mayorana's side. Yeah, they, they've definitely responded to, well, criticism that I had and probably most, plenty of people had. It's been a great fortnight from them. I, I expected the, well, the Eagles to, to put up a bit of a fight. They, they play pretty well, the showgrounds pretty well and they did just that. Um, but yeah, West Preston Lakes, I just... A little too good, and yeah, Aiden Tilly, four goals. Uh, Ahmed started to kick the two, but Aiden Tilly has made a name for himself as like that second scoring option up forward for for the Roosters, and his good season continued as well. So, well, it's it was particularly highlighted when Saad was out with injury. He sort of mm. really stepped up in the attacking fifty and was kicking multiple goals to ensure that you know they was continuing to kick big scores. So. With them both playing big roles, it's going to really help their attacking press as well. So um, I think Matthew Harmon's also putting together a, a great second half of the season so far. Some some excellent performances from him as well and continues to stake his claim as, as one of the more dominant ruckmen in the Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 competition, albeit that's a difficult task seeing as how many <laughs> excellent ruckmen we've had, we have in this competition. So he's definitely putting his name up as well for that. Let's head to MC Labor Division 2 now and... It's a division that continues to impress and surprise and um, and we just don't know what we're getting week in, week out. But some very, very interesting results that, again, might shape the final placings of the top five. We'll start with Lower Plenty and Banyul. And it was the visiting Bears that got the win in the match of the day. An 11-point win, albeit were challenged right up until the end against a lower plenty side who came out looking to try get closer to a top three spot. Uh, Banyol had their measure probably from the second quarter all the way until halfway through the last. Tom Keyes did all he could for lower plenty. Kicked five goals. He kicked the first goal of the second, third, and fourth quarters. So uh, definitely helped try to get his side over the line. Darcy Barden doing it at both ends of the ground. Billy Barden being a late in came to light in the final quarter. Um, but Banyol, and I think... The, the two areas they sort of won the game was making the most of those entries inside 50 at certain stages. Stages. Ruben Blackmore-Moore was impressive. Four goals for him as he makes his way um, slowly back into the side after, after injury riddled him for the most part of the first half of the year. He kicked four, and including a very impressive one at the end to seal the game. But Tim Martin as well, I think, was quite brilliant. And I think Banyol did really well to, to use that vantage point um, to their advantage, particularly with no Thomas Blake for lower plenty, Tim Martin was able to give first use to his midfielders, and I think that went a long way into Banyol winning the game. It was a really close game, but lower plenty not winning, it's going to make it tough for them, I think, to finish in the top three now. They're 10 points adrift with six games remaining. That draw against Thomastown might be the one they um, they might look back on as the one that, that got away in terms of keeping themselves in the hunt, albeit still plenty of time for them to turn it around, but uh, could be a bit of a difficult case for them to solidify a top three spot and might have to look instead at playing an elimination final in the first week of the finals. Yeah, I think it this loss hurts def- a, a fair bit because, yeah, they would have gone to this game thinking they could get the win. They defeated Banyol earlier in the season at Beverly Road Oval. But, yeah, just clearly there was too much of a, an uphill battle in that final term as well. They made a decent fist of it. But, yeah, Banyol, they'll be... They'll be happy that they respond well. Responded from that early season defeat. They've struggled against well 
some of the top sides. I think they might have gone a couple of wins against like your St. Mar- well, earlier in the season against St. Mary's and, and Diamond Creek, but you know, they lost most recently to to El- to Eltham and they'd lost earlier in the season to to the Bears of Lowell Plenty. But yeah, it's a, a nice way to respond. Uh, a great victory for a great victory for them as well and yeah, it, it shores up that t- it pretty much locks up that top three in my opinion and yeah lower plenty they're going to have to do it the hard way I reckon in finals Altham business as usual for them will be it again we're challenged at times against a Thomastown side who is still looking to break that win that winless drought um, from the last five games which is now what it's gone out to but the Panthers you know doing enough in the end away from home a 14 point win for them they continue their claim to be the top side in the competition sets up a really great battle against Diamond Creek next, uh, this week we'll chat to their senior men's coach Robert Hyde in a few moments time uh, but in terms of a Thomastown point of view they actually slipped now to 8th spot um, they're 14 points behind the 5th place St. Mary's um, They've they've been unlucky at times. The the Bears they've, they've they've been in really close games. They've left their runs till late. They haven't been getting the results. But um, although they've got some favourable fixtures in the last few weeks of the season, they still have to play St Mary's and Watsonia who are on top of them at the moment. Are, are you are you cutting the line now? Can they not make finals, Thomas? Now uh, I'm not fully cutting a line because, like Greensboro, they've they've got too much. Ta- they've got a lot of talent, you know, and. I would have thought they'd slowly start to peak now, given you know they they're starting to get players back into the fold. But yeah, it's this is this is a surprise just to see them sitting in eighth now behind Penn Hill too, who I think haven't been the greatest team this year. But yeah, it's again they had to you know they came back into the game in in that third term like they have the last couple of weeks. But much like lower plenty in the Battle of the Bears, they just left that run too late. And, yeah, it, it's a disappointing loss, this one, for Thomas Town. That They put up a good fight. 13-4 is no main feat as well, kicking the four behind. It's very clinical in front of goal. But, yeah, Eltham just just continue on their hot streak and definitely sets up a, a juicy matchup out of Coventry Oval against the Creekers. Yeah, look, I, I think it's going to be a bridge too far now for Thomas Town. It, it means that, you know, they have to win at least... I think it's now four. Yeah, so they have to win at least four of their next six mm-hmm. matches. Two of those wins have to be against St. Mary's and Watsonia. And, and they also have to hope that they drop some games in the process as well. I think it might be a bridge too far for Thomastown. And the battle is firmly now between St. Mary's and Watsonia for that final spot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think for Thomastown, though, they still want to get some respectability back. And, and, and prove that they are capable of winning those close encounters and I'm sure they'll have some opportunities throughout the rest of the season to do just that. Diamond Creek, speaking of, another win for them. Again, a bit of a challenge coming from Watsoni. They, they had their measure at times throughout the match, but a 27-point win for the second-place side. It, keep, it keeps them there. They've got a very impressive win streak as well now due to Creekers. I think this is eight or nine in a row for them as well. Um, and Andrew Tranquilly's got a good little squad here going and Definitely one that can take it right up to Altham this weekend. Yeah, we keep on talking about how they've flown under the radar. They're they're still definitely flying under the radar, but this is a pretty impressive win against the Watsonia side who, you know, they usually make it hard for teams out at on their new home deck of, of Binak Park. And I felt like they did that, but yeah, just 
too strong in the end were were the Creekers fast a pretty fast finish as well. Sage Tichello and Ryan Pingree have started to to hit some real form, and we've seen what they're both capable of when they're at their best. They can be very dangerous. Four goals each. I think they've now combined for fifty goals this season mm. as well. So they've been a very in a competition that has a lot of leading goal kickers and a lot of really powerful forwards. Um, that's pretty mm-hmm. pretty impressive feat, and two small fo- and two small forwards as well, nonetheless. So, yeah, a good win for the Creekers, and they get they go into their clash with Eltham in really good form and looking to take it up to the Panthers. They absolutely do. So, a very intriguing battle to look at, nonetheless. Um, and then the other two games we had Panton Hill making it two in a row as well. They defeated Epping by a comfortable margin was 33 points in the end. That puts them up to seventh spot, like we said. Um, and I think that's the highest position they've been in um, in MC Labor Division 2 since they joined the uh, competition following their 2019 flag. And it's great to see that they um, continuing to make strides, albeit proving that they're just a little bit of a class above those bottom two sides in Epping and the Fitzroy Stars, and speaking of St. Mary's, getting the job done over the Fitzroy Stars, um, a 73-point win for them, securing that fifth spot and keeping that two-game gap at the moment. Probably could have been a lot more as well. 14-22 mm-hmm. was their final um, goal-kicking result, so it definitely could have been a lot more. They've had a few cases like that this year, Debarra, where they, they've kicked a fair bit. A uh, fair few more behinds and goals. But nonetheless, they're getting the wins, and that's probably what's important for them. I think they've just about locked in that historic finals berth as well. You know, they're two points, cl- uh, two games clear, rather, of Watsonia. They've got a very healthy percentage of 122, and Watsonia is only 86. So um, it does look as though that the Borough are going to assure that, that fifth spot, which is a fantastic effort for them, mm. considering how far they've come. From from Division Three football only a few years back as well, so credit to Fabian Corelli's side and his son actually was part was the 23rd man in that game against the mm. Stars and kicked the goal as well. So it was great to see everybody get around them. But what we'll do now is we'll chat to the senior men's coach of the Eltham Football Club in Robert Hyde. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Eltham Football Club, Robert Hyde. Robert, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some of your time today. You're welcome, Nicholas. It's a pleasure. It's been a brilliant season so far, I must say, for your squad. 11-1 and one after 12 rounds. You've won the last nine games in a row. What have you made of the season thus far? I, I assume you'd be particularly impressed with the, with the campaign you boys have had so far. Yeah, look. Um, to, to be totally honest, it's a it's a bit of a surprise. I don't think uh, we had a fair turnover of players at the start of the year, senior blokes for for a variety of reasons, um, and uh, we we didn't really recruit uh, too many people, one or two. Um, but uh, the, the pleasing thing, Nicholas, is uh, the amount of time we've been able to put into, into the young blokes. You know. Yeah, it's it's been really great to see some of them develop and, you know, and to, I guess, see them improve their senior football in front of our very eyes. You know, Jason McCormick's one, for example, who's been a very solid player. David Evans, another, of course, Finbar Maley has taken the world by storm with his... Yeah, he's been a revelation. Absolutely, he has. Has it, has it been impressive from your eyes to see how quickly they've developed? Has it been a surprise as well? Yeah, it's been a surprise. But I, I think... Uh... Yeah, as I said, it's been able to put 
some sustained time into them. In, in years gone by, you bring some of these young ones up and you give them a game or two. Um, but uh, they've been able to play three or four, and like blokes like Dan Owen, he was named captain of the 19s at the start of the year, but we, and he hasn't missed a game. Uh, Finbar has come in, never missed a game. We played five under-19s against Thomastown and another five that were 21 or under. So, uh, yeah, And they're playing good footy, Nicholas. That's, that's not as if they're just filling in. They're playing um, pretty competitive footy. Um, and then the good thing, I mean, I was brought up for 16 years coaching the Cooler Cannons and then the under-18 state side. These kids come in with not, not no fear, but they've got no preconceived ideas how they should play. So you just ask them to do stuff and, and they're a little bit natural. They go out and do it, you know. And Robert, Josh Ward here. I just I just want to single out Finbar Mayley because he's come into the side during the year as well in round four and yeah like we've talked about um has made a massive impact have you been surprised with the impact that he's made so far this year yeah in the ruck i mean he's always so athletic um uh and he comes from a basketball background uh, unfortunately the bugger's going overseas for three weeks back to america but um that's where his, his dad was born so it's great he's going back to see his grandparents which is fantastic um, but he, he's uh, look when I was coaching um, the under we had a, a kid named Ivan Merrick who was in the state side for basketball and then he decided to transfer over the footy now it took him a couple of years to um, get the nuances and improve his skills and he had a pretty good AFL career this this young man's got to work on a few few parts of his game but there's so much upside to him that uh, you know I hope that we're going to try and get him on to uh, an a, a VFL invite somewhere next year and see if he improves from there. Obviously with last year being cut short we didn't get the opportunity to experience the full season but now that we've we're well and truly into this 2022 campaign there's still so many sides that can not only make finals but probably have an impact in terms of the premiership race. What have you made of the evenness of, of the competition so far and I guess how impressed have you been by how close some of these other sides are really tracking towards um, you know, their, stay, their claim for premiership success? Yeah, I think it's been a, um, you summed it up, it's been a, a big even-upper, you know, you know, Fitzroy Stars and, and Epi are uh, sort of, you know, in that position where they're, they're both fighting and, and they're developing over the next couple of years, but like the Watsonias, the St Mary's, Thomastown, you know, they've lost that many close games, they should be somewhere up around the fourth or fifth spot, and then you've got us, Lower Plenty, Diamond Creek, it, it's just yeah, and it, it's great to see, I guess, from a league point of view that it is so even as well. It's always, always a benefit for us to see the competitiveness, competitiveness on show. But it's a big game for you this week against a Diamond Creek side who have been very, very impressive. They're also coming off a very nice win streak. It's sort of been a team that have maybe gone under the radar a little bit, but what's the mentality like heading into that much? Is it different? Is it a different process from, from normal, or are you looking for something in particular? No, no, not try. You've just got to show them great respect. You know, they have. It. They've been sitting around second or third a game just uh, behind us for, you know, months. Um, and, and they got the best, when I look at um, uh, the ladder, they got the best uh, defense. Uh, they had at least points four, and I think they're second or third on on the offensive side of things so you've got to have that balance um, and, and they've certainly got that so they're going to be hard to beat uh, and it's not a motivating factor that we must beat them and 
improve a point, we've, we've just got to go out and, and keep trying to play to um, the processes and structures we've got in place. And if that's good enough, it's good enough. Otherwise, we'll review it and then move on to the following week. And you're playing out at Diamond Creek's home ground too of Coventry over, which is a bit of it's one of the bigger grounds in the entire NFL senior men's competition. Does that change any structures? Will it intimidate your side, or doesn't it change anything? No, I don't think so because our ground wouldn't be far behind it, you know, um, in terms of measurement. So it's every every one of the top sides away. We were probably lucky enough to play them at home in the first round, so we play Lower Plenty, Thomastown, Diamond Creek and Van Ewell all the way. So, um, yeah, we've just got to, as we said, keep sticking out what we reckon we're doing okay at um, and, and see if we can um, get a... Our aim now is not to finish on top, but just to, to get the double chance. And, um, you know, if we win three or four more games for the year, the final six, then we'll be able to achieve that. Well, you're certainly in a, in a great position to lock in that double chance. But just a final one on, on yourself, Robert. You know, you, you've been the coach of the Panthers since 2020, but and I don't want to jinx anything, but it looks as though we're going to get through a full season for the first time in a few years. Is it fair to say that you've finally been able to settle in uh, into life at Panther Place and, and, you know, get stuck into the... Obviously, you've been, you know, coaching around for quite a while, but I guess in this environment, particularly in the last couple of years, now that you know that you've got a full season to look forward to? Is it, is it something that's helped you settle in a bit? Yeah, I, I think it always, Nicholas, takes uh, 24 months to implement the way you, you want to sort of organise things as a coach. I get to know now I've got great trust in my assistant coaches and and over the years, the biggest thing is you get the players to buy in to a, um, a simple system and, and of course when you win that they believe that system that you know the indicators we've got the process we've got they go it works um, and I think the young kids come in uh, pretty refreshed and they go well yeah, the wins are on the board so what we're trying to do here is it's, it, it's proved to be make us a competitive side and you, know, you can't just do that in the first year you've got to sort of prove to them that it works um, and then you're just trying to it and, and play to it. Robert, it's been great to chat to you and, and getting to know a bit more about all the happenings at the Altham Football Club. All the best for your big game this week, but also for the 2022 season ahead. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. That was Robert Hyde there chatting all things Altham as they look to continue their win streak this weekend against Diamond Creek in a very, very intriguing 1v2 clash at Coventry Oval. Let's get to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. We had some very, very interesting results as well coming from this one. And I don't think we can go past the one-point result between <laughs> Old Alton Collegians and Lorimer. We saw it firsthand early in the year just how close these two sides are. And it didn't disappoint again that Lorimer reserved the power just getting overthrown right at the end. It was two goals each in the final quarter. Scores were level at three-quarter time. Turtles just getting enough behinds in the end. And I'm sure you've probably seen all over our social pages that, that last tackle from Matthew Keyes. Jacob Lawson running into the open goal. Matthew Keyes lunging to just grab the tackle. Siren sounding just as it happens. Um, and the game is won by Old Elfman Collegians. An impressive effort from him again. He kicked three goals at the other end as well, leading into that defensive effort. So 
Old Altham Collegians, while they're still the only side to beat Lorimer this season, which is quite an outstanding effort, they're just a game behind them uh, as well as they looked to secure a top two spot in the double chance. And it's perfect timing that they come up against South Morang this week, who are in second spot and also looking to secure a double chance. And, well, that top three has just opened right up after that result. Uh, But Old Altham Collegians, and credit to Matthew Sleeman again, they were able to get some key personnel back this week. Eden Simpson, mm-hmm. Nicholas Milne, for example, Matthew Crooks as well, who's just been a great, had a great year in the ruck as well. Um, and yeah, the Turtles continue to be a challenger for this year's premiership. Yeah, they do, yeah. Well, Old Eltham, they have Kilmore as their bogey team. Old Eltham, Lorimer's bogey team is Old Eltham now. And this is, this is another superb game between the Power and the Turtles. This time a much more high-scoring game than the one we saw out at... Eltham College and, and just on that Matthew Keyes tackle every single player at Old Eltham every single coach every single fan and every single member of the Old Eltham Collegians Association they all a beer because that was a terrific tackle from from him and just showed his experience you know Jacob Lawson running in he kicks it it's it's either going to be a draw or a victory and I would have thought given how much talent he has he would have slotted that through but mm. Just a terrific tackle from from the ex from the ex Panther and yeah, just an unbelievable victory for the Turtles and yeah, it's couldn't have asked for a better victory. It couldn't have asked for a better way to get back into form here. They found some form against Reservoir, but this is a terrific victory for uh, for Old Eltham and definitely gets them right back into that conversation as even Premiership favorite favoritism. It sure does, and I mean I know Lorimer's streak came to an end as well. Uh, but, you know, it could also be looked at as a loss they had to have as well. You know, mm. you know, there's always the conjecture about winning all your games in the home and away season and getting to finals and, and not exactly producing the same result. Well, it gives them a bit of time to reflect now. And, you know, with six weeks to go in the season, I still think they'll definitely secure that top two spot in the competition. So that will absolutely help their claim. But... Um, even though they did go down in the end, they're still a very, very strong squad. Jackson Cecil is putting together quite a season as well up forward. He's kicking goals left, right and centre. Another six for him on Saturday despite the defeat. He's leading the coach's MVP race as well. Um, and he's just putting together a fantastic campaign for the power. So another one to look out for for the goal kicking charts. South Morang. Well, they had a comfortable win over Laylor, so puts them in second spot still. A healthy percentage, in fact, the highest percentage in the competition as well, 248%. That puts them in second spot, again, a game behind Lorimer. But the Lions, they have Old Altham and Lorimer in the next fortnight. So, you know, we had high claims for them at the start of the year and how well they were going to be. If they want to get back to that level, they are yet to beat those sides in the competition so far. So if they can get wins against them, it's going to be a very interesting season for the Lions, and they're just hitting their straps at the right time, like a few of these clubs are. Yeah, they they definitely are, and yeah, this this is a, of course an expected win from a low law side of things. They'd be happy because you know they, I think it was forty two goals they conceded last time. These two men, just the twenty two here, so yeah, it shows it's out at low law reserve, mind you, but it shows that they've made some improvement. But yeah, it's. It's a good, it's a handy victory for South Morang, and yeah, definitely. It, these next two weeks are going to define their season. Yeah, show if they are that 
that side where you expected them to be, especially with the hot start they had to the season, or if they're you know just going to be struggling just a little bit behind the turtles and the power. Yeah, exactly right. So. Lots to look forward to in the top end of the top four, but at the bottom end of the top four, it's also heating up. And Heidelberg West are going to be one to look out for for the rest of the home and away campaign. A comfortable victory over Kilmore to, to the tune of 46 points. One game behind the top four, and they have put themselves in the box seat, I think, to secure a finals berth for the first time in over 20 years for that football club. It would be quite an achievement considering where they were at the start of the year they slowly built themselves up they have a favorable run home they've only got two top four sides in the final six weeks they play either Reservoir or Laylor twice as well as Mernda and I just think they might do enough to sneak through if they can beat one of the Turtles or the Lions and they've beaten Old Altham before and I just think they've gotten Kilmore at a very vulnerable time here big big chance at the Hawks yeah it's they're the most informed side of of Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three, and yet they're still outside the top four. This is this is by far their their best performance of the year. Yeah, against Old Eltham Collegians a couple of weeks ago, it was an impressive victory. But that was against a, a I'd say a slightly weakened Turtles lineup. But this is against a, a pretty solid Kilmore lineup, which had pretty much most of its players back. And yeah, this is this is such a terrific victory for them. And yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be this big of a margin. I was expecting it to be a bit closer. And yeah, Alex Highwood's put together a great season as well. Kicks the four goals once more. He's kicked 13 these last three weeks, 35 goals for the season as well. So yeah, he's been a key factor for for them up forward. And, you know, players like Will, uh, Williamson, Valios, Alan Young, Jordan Bullman, they've mm. all, also put been pwned up forward and, you know Nick Patton as well coming down from or coming from up the highest division in in Montmorency he's put together a great season so yeah they've been they've been terrific these last couple of weeks Heidelberg West and yeah it if they you know pick up at least one win against that one of those top four uh, I definitely do see them finishing in the top four and I reckon they can with the form they've been in these last couple of weeks and they've proven they can beat top four sides as well which mm-hmm. has also been an impressive Factor for Kilmore, they're, they're just such an interesting team. Yeah. They've also proven they can beat top four sides. They've, they've had wins over Old Elfham Collegians and South Morang, and, and and comfortable wins in that in that as well. But they've they've lost to Heidelberg West. They've gone down to Mernda this year as well. So they're sort of that in between team right now. It's hard to get a proper read on them when they have their full team. No Lee Irons for them either um, against. Uh, Heidelberg West which would have been a big blow for them but yeah I'm, I'm not sure I think Kilmore are very vulnerable right now and if unless they pick up some form this is why I think Heidelberg West can sneak into the fall so it will be very interesting to see from mm. a Kilmore point of view and then the other game we had was Mernda and Reservoir and that one had to be called off two minutes into the second quarter due to an injury to Reservoir's captain Tom Holloway and of course we wish him all the best in his speedy recovery but Mernda um, just uh, that game, yeah, unfortunately having to be cut short in the end, but still, I guess, giving Mernda a, a chance of getting an unlikely top four berth. So we'll see what the rest of the season holds for them. Let's head to the women's competition. Now, obviously, there was no games over the weekend with the competition by, but with just four games to go in the season, 
Um, in fact, three. Sorry, excuse me. I think this is three, <laughs> I three think. or four games to go <laughs> in the season. I'll just have to double check that one. But nonetheless, some very, very interesting games to look at. So, a quick little preview into what we've got in store this weekend in the women's competition. West Preston Lakeside one. They take on Greensboro, and the Roosters looking to put the pressure on still. Uh, towards Diamond Creek Women's 1. VU Western Spurs and Lowell Plenty Bandura should be a good battle. They're, the side's more towards the bottom of the table, but nonetheless, um, there'll be a good battle against side, those two sides hoping to grab important wins. Montmorency 1 and Darabin 1. This is a huge clash in terms of finals. Um, only four points separating both sides. Montmorency have the second highest percentage in the competition. Darabin 1 looking to you know continue to make a claim towards the top two as well, so that's one to look out for. And Diamond Creek Women's one are up against Heidelberg one in a first versus last battle. And over into SG Print and Paper Division two, Altham and Banyul Friday night first versus second. We've got a lot of first versus seconds around the competition. This one no different. Both of them on the same points, uh, and Altham with the massive percentage giving them the first spot. Altham have won nine in a row. Banyul have just been excellent as well in the last couple of months. Where do you see this one going, Josh? Oh, I'm expecting a close one, like much like well, you know, I'm hoping it's not as lopsided as the as the men's one we saw a couple of weeks ago, which saw I think it was a, a 11 goal victory for the Panthers. But yeah, I'm expecting a close one because Banyul they've impressed me a lot this season in the women's competition. I expected them to do well given how strong they were last season but in Division 3 as well in Division so. 3 but yeah this is they've been impressive and yeah if they win here it would definitely stake their premiership credentials absolutely so lots to look forward to there at Alton Central Park the other Friday night game as well and we'll speak to Lisa Roper the senior women's coach of the Fitzroy Stars a little more about this game in particular but the Stars are up against Darabin too and this is important for their finals claims as well currently in fifth spot same points as Whittlesey so one they'll look to bounce back from uh, Montmorency 2 are up against Diamond Creek Women's 2 and St Mary's take on Whittlesey in another finals clash as well so it's the top six sides playing against each other in SG Print and Paper Division 2 so some exciting matches there and another first versus second clash takes place in cleaning Melbourne Division 3 it's Mernda against Hurstbridge although this one seems to look a little bit more lopsided. Mernda, they have a 12-point gap on top of the table. They're 9-1 this season. Hurstbridge, they're second, but only by percentage to third-place West Preston Lakeside 2. Hurstbridge with a shock loss to Heidelberg 2 a fortnight ago. So that's what's brought them down uh, to the same points as West Preston Lakeside. So their percentage is only the only reason they're in that position at the moment. But... Nonetheless, it was still a really close game last time these two played. It was under six points, the final margin, going to Mernda's way. The Demons have only lost one game, and it was against a Division One side in grading, so they're looking very difficult to beat right now, uh, Mernda. Lorimar up against West Preston Lakeside 2. That's third versus fourth, and Wallen are away to Heidelberg 2. So some great games to look forward to across all three women's divisions, and what we'll do now and the lead up to NADOT weeks being Sir Doug Nichols ran across the NFNL. We'll chat to the senior women's coach of the Fitzroy Stars Football Netball Club, Lisa Roper. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior women's coach of the Fitzroy Stars Football Netball Club in Lisa Roper. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us some of your time today. 
You're most welcome. You're most welcome. It's, I guess the first question, just to start with, you know, it's the second season that the Fitzroy Stars have been able to put a women's team together, albeit we weren't able to complete the campaign last year. And, of course, I don't want to jinx it, but it looks as though we'll get through um, a, a full season, which is great. What, what have you made of the 2022 campaign so far? Obviously, rising up to Division 2 after playing in Division 3 last year. But, yeah, what have, you been, what have been your thoughts of, of how quickly your side have settled into the competition? Um, yeah, I think um, obviously we 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 qualified for the grand final last year. Yeah. That um, wasn't to be, and I think it left a lot of uh, fire in the belly for many of our players. So uh, they came back with a vengeance, and um, we did pretty well through the grading. So that bumped us up to Division Two, and um, I think for the most part, you know, the girls came back with a little bit more awareness of what football is, what they can do, their abilities, their teammates. And that's why we played some really good football early on this season, and um, they're well worthy of um, competing in Division Two. We've we've had some mixed results, but certainly we're um, you know not at the bottom of the ladder. We're, we're sitting in the middle at the moment, so we're competitive, and each week we're growing. And for most, it's a different kind of football. It's quite a step up from what they played last year. And again, we had a bunch of brand new players this year, so they've been uh, really good coming in and just. Really slotting in quite well. Uh, a lot of our players are netballers, so um, you know they, they know sport and they know how to get on with teammates. And it's just been a matter of learning the intricacies of uh, what football is and how much movement there is compared to netball. Um, but yeah, they, they get on really good. The rest, and um, you know, we've we've uh, grown and we've worked through a few structures of um, more recently. So just they get to learn a little bit more the setups of of football and the game and how it goes and evolves and um, you know hopefully I'm not sure we'll make the grand final this year it's a very tough division to play in but certainly it should um, bode well for their future and um, and their growth in the game for sure You you mentioned of course the the competitiveness of the competition and and I guess some of the differences that you've just outlaid between last year and this year and, and the fact that you've been able to bring in um, some new talent as well is, is always a, as a positive but as a, as a coach what is it difficult finding the balance between ensuring that you're playing well enough to win games of football but also continuing the development of, of some of these girls who haven't had maybe as much experience playing football as, as other ones? Uh, certainly it's a challenge as a coach I think to keep that balance but uh, what we what we do just inside our club and we've sort of we've done it from the beginning of the year is I've said to the girls what do you want from the season? So do you want to compete for a, for a premiership? Do you want to just grow in the game? Do you want to just be here to have fun? So they decided what they want. And I just have been in there really um, being the resource really is um, I'm there coaching them to the level that they want to be playing at. And, and um, collectively they said they want to work hard and play for the premiership. They're very competitive. And um, so each week that's been the important part is, is that yes, we've got some new people, but are they staying up with the learning and the growth of the ones that played last year? So, um, so we create the balance through trainings and, um, and we just make sure everyone's learning every line as well because some of them will cross over some don't but it's also important for new players to understand what the other line is that they may not be involved so much in so they get to see the whole workings of the entirety of the of the team so um so it's going well and we we come against teams like saint mary's and eltham who are very structured Mm. and it's quite good 
for our girls to learn the game um, from that level as well. So, um, it's, yeah, it's been a really great season uh, learning-wise for sure. And uh, another opportunity to rise up the ranks this Friday night when you play Darabin 2, I guess an important game in, in terms of you know securing a final spot and ensuring you're there in the postseason. How's the lead-up in, into that game going and, and after the week's break that the competition had? I'm, I'm sure your side are raring to go to get back on the field again for the rest of the season. <laughs> yes, well, you know, certainly we've, it's a, there's a lot going on this week for us. Yeah. Um, it's NADOC week. But uh, Darabin Falcons are also... Um, a club that we've built a partnership with um, just for a friendly relationship. We're neighbours, but also last year we had a bunch of our players that went down and spoke to their club uh, around what NADOC means and the importance of the week and um, and the history of it. So um, this year it's really great that we get to play against Darabin. So our night Friday is going to be quite a special evening anyway. Um, and we, we've got um, Uncle Herb Patton. He'll be down from 7 o'clock playing the gum leaves. So it's going to be a, a, a bit of a special sound in the background um, down at Sir Doug Nichols. Uh, we'll have a welcome ceremony at 7.10 with Auntie Julie Andrews. We've also got a smoke ceremony going on, which will involve Darabin into that as well. Um, and then we've got Paul Kelly, who's going to be playing uh, the Yidiki throughout the game and um, and as the girls, as both teams enter the field as well. But um, part of that relationship we're building with Darabin is actually we're having a team, we're having a dinner with both teams tomorrow night. So um, it's probably something not done before when you go and have dinner pre the game with your opponent. Um, but I think it just sort of shows that there's, it's more than just the football and more than just the result. It's sort of building building relationships around, but also sharing the culture. So um, they're going to come down to our club tomorrow night. We've got um, three elders from our community that are going to do some speeches with us. So um, we've got Uncle Phil Cooper, who um, is a descendant from you know the famous William Cooper, the area is now named after. Mm-hmm. We've got Auntie Julie Bamblett, who is on our board and has a long history at the club. And we've also got Uncle Alan Thorpe, who is a former captain and coach of Fitzroy Stars, but he's also a former Carlton AFL player. Mm. So um, they're going to do you know some really good sharing of stories and information around how NADOC has evolved and through the club and the history of the club and sharing that. And we've also got a very special ball that's been painted with both club colours and stories. So that will get unveiled tomorrow night as well. So um, so we've got a bunch of guests coming down. But, yeah, it's going to be a special night with our opponents. Um, so, yeah, so a little bit of friendly banter, no doubt, before we take to the field on Friday night. So um, we'll certainly, once we get on there, we'll, we'll both teams will be aiming to get four points. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be something a little bit special. It's so great to see that both clubs are getting involved with the, the way that they are. And, you know, it's a perfect segue into discussing a bit more about NADOC week. And, you know, I know it's, it's, it's an important occasion for the entire Fitzroy Stars Football Netball Club. And it's, it's great that we've got all those events that we can look forward to this week. And we, of course, strongly encourage everyone to get down and show their support as well. In, in terms of NADOC week itself, of course, it's also Sir Douglas Nichols round in the NFL this weekend across all of um, our sports and, and communities. You know, you sort of mentioned it a little bit there in, in terms of the culture, but give us a bit of an insight into the importance the occasion has for your club and, and I guess for the wider community as well and, and you know, just and the importance of, of reflecting upon, you know, the, the achievements and the, and the history um, of Indigenous Australians. 
Yeah, it is. It's it's probably. I mean, I think it's something that we do um, throughout the year anyway. Mm. Um, but that's you know simply because of the history of our club and the people that um, you know. When we say it's a community club, it's not just a regular community club. This is actually very very attached to the indigenous community in Melbourne. So it just holds a little bit higher regard than some football clubs may hold for for the general public um, in that sort of sphere. But it's um, important for us, I think, to share the culture and share the understanding. And, you know, Indigenous people as as a person in Australia has had a lot of battle over the years, mm. just being recognised and being, you know, accepted and acknowledged for their differences. And, and sometimes we have a lot of battling between ourselves in our community. So it's really important that if we can put that aside and come together for this week and acknowledge and embrace and share that culture and then share it beyond our community and then educate as well. And I think for anyone outside, this is you know, a perfect excuse to get involved in NADOC events that are around. Um, the marches is on Friday is a really a huge event and really important part to, you know, something to be part of. Um, that leaves from Fitzroy and walks into town and walks past some really key parts on Gertrude Street and you get to learn the history and, and sense some of, I guess, um, you know, the footsteps of who we walk and, you know, of, the, of our ancestors beforehand and um, and it's, you know, where I'm from, it's we're all about culture and, and sharing our culture in New Zealand but here in Australia I think it is just you know this culture has been around for the longest in the world and it's something that we can share more of and learn more about and um and i absolutely love learning it and sharing it amongst my team and i think it's just important we share it beyond that and embrace it and get other people to come in and 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 learn a bit about it as well is um is you know this is the perfect week for it and then carry it on beyond that week it, it's great that it is something that you, of course, continue to do, not just for this particular week, but, you know, across the year as well. And I remember listening to your, to your chat with Samuel last year and you spoke about how you wanted to instill that community focus towards your team and, and to allow the players in your side to, you know, embrace the stories and embrace the culture. And there was one particular instance, I think, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, where, you know, before training you would all sit around and, and share stories and reflect with each other. And I think that's something that is, is fantastic um, and it, it continues to get everybody involved as well. But, you know, I'm sure as a coach, it's something you continue to focus on um, with with all the girls. Um, absolutely, yeah. That's just simply called a yarning circle. Yeah, and, that's right. uh, yep. You know, and we and we do we do it often. We do it um, pre-game, pre-trainings, um, probably probably as often as we can. Um, women love to chat, so it's always a good reason. But just to hear the stories and have everyone contribute as well. And during COVID last year was really important because sometimes when we were locked down you then got to come back and you got to talk and share how you got through lockdown or what you did or, yeah. or what you needed more of. So um, it was a good lesson for your teammates to, to hear each other and, you know, oh, that person really needed someone to check in on them or, you know, that person was doing extra running just because she felt she needed to get out and run more and, and just hearing how people grew and, and you know, sort of coped through lockdowns as well is really important um, in just getting to know each other. But um, but we've done a few things. We've added in this year. We've um, played some Indigenous games. So um, just from different countries throughout Australia, we've brought games into our trainings as just part of fun warm-ups every now and then. 
and um, and just talked about you know where this game is from. You know, there's one that we play, um, Cantoon, that's from the Kalkanoon um, country in Queensland. There's one we play, um, Kai, that's from um, named after a fruit from the Torres Strait Island. Uh, so little games like that, like we talk about where it's from and we play it and we have a little laugh with it. But it's just important to continue continue sharing that history and if we continue sharing the games with you know the younger generation and even the girls who are not indigenous in the team then hopefully they might go back to their children or their schools or their family groups and say hey i've got a fun game to play at christmas time or we just you know it just continues the legacy of the culture as well um but yeah we love it um there's a few games we've actually posted a video on our facebook page if someone wants to see what the games are with some of the rules um, and just see what the fun and anyone can play it any age can play them um, but there's a website you can go online and, and find the games as well so um, it's just a bit of fun you can have a training and um, and you know acknowledge the First Nations people Lisa it's been so great to chat to you and, and get a bit more of an insight into the happenings of, of the Fitzroy Stars Football Netball Club and all the activities and, and the things that you continue to do to not only you know embrace the impact that Aboriginal and First Nations people have had um, in this country, but you know, also from a football sense of a point of view, continuing to develop these girls and, and for them to enjoy their football, which at the end of the day is is what we're all about, and, and just ensuring that you know that that we that football is an outlet for them, um, as you've mentioned beautifully as well throughout our chat today. Thank you so much. Um, all the best for this week. I know it's a big week for you, so. Um, all the best for, for what lies ahead and also for the rest of the 2022 competition. Excellent. It's been lovely to share our stories. Thank you. That was Lisa Roper there, the senior women's coach of the Fitzroy Stars Football Netball Club. Great to hear from her and the importance of NADOC week for the entire club as well, not just for her side. But before we wrap up, as we always like to do, We've got some massive games to preview this week across our senior men's competition, Josh Ward. and um, It's first versus second battles, top four battles, top five battles, relegation battles. It's all happening and a lot to look forward to for sure. Oh, you got to thank whoever scheduled the, uh, this season. It, it, they couldn't have asked for a better weekend. But Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, now I'm going to slowly build up to the top of the top of the table clash here. But, you know... Bundura Hurstbridge is an, a very interesting one. It could be potentially interesting between a struggling side and well, one of the top sides. Yeah, Bund- they won their last year, Hurstbridge, although that was a completely different team. So I'll, I'll expect a challenge from them. Northcote Park, Greensboro, McLeod, we'll see those are a mm-hmm. couple of very interesting matchups. You know, Northcote Park, we saw them a fortnight ago. They play their best footy at Bill Laurie Oval. So Greensboro aren't going to have it easy in... Whittlesey did defeat McLeod earlier in the year as well. And, you know, McLeod are a bit of an up-and-down side. I, I do see them as favourites, but it's a very interesting matchup. A very massive top-five battle at J.E. Moore Park between the Roosters yeah. and the Bulldogs. This that- is probably the second big game in that in that competition because North Heidelberg, they're looking to get into the top five. West Preston Lakeside are in good form, want to secure that top five spot. And, it, and yeah, no better test for the Bulldogs than an informed West Preston Lakeside lineup. And they got close last time at Shelley Street too, So, and I'm expecting no different here because both sides have made improvements, although I think North Heidelberg are a much better side than earlier in the season. But now... Montmorency and Heidelberg. I'm going to try my best to ramp up this game so much because it is one of... I have been waiting for this match for a couple of weeks now. It's first versus second at Montmorency Park. Now, no matter which competition, 
the the magpies and tigers battle is always such an interest is always such a fierce and such a red hot one and i'm expecting no different here especially with both these sides at the peak of their powers now, Heidelberg a nine-game winning streak, Montmorency eight-game winning streak. And one point when these sides last played, Montmorency yes. just getting up over the top. It's Heidelberg's only loss of the year so far, so it's, expect a big battle. It's going to be a very close one, and it's going to be very close indeed. And Division 2, Eppingham Lower Plenty, Fitzroy Stars, Thomastown, it's just Chances for the Bears. To well, great for Fitzroy Stars, Thomastown. That being NADOC week, the yeah. Stars always, you know, have a great opening ceremony. And they always great to see those two clubs come together to celebrate everything, particularly in that week. So in terms of, I guess, significance for that part, that will be a nice a nice match to look forward to. That will definitely be great. And, yeah, you know, I was out in the eastern, eastern suburbs last week. They did the NIDOC game out there and it was a great smoking ceremony and I'm expecting no different. It's a, it's a, it is a significant game, but, you know, for Thomastown, it's a good way to get back into form and, you know, get some perc- percentage as well and lower plenty, good chance to also get back into form and find some percentage. Watsonia Penn Hill's a, an interesting one. Penn Hill have started to f- find some form, but Watsonia have shown they can defeat those sites which are a little bit lower than them. So it's an interesting matchup. I, I expect... You know what, Sonia to to be a much better to be a much better side um, than Penn Hill. Banyol St Mary's is also very interesting. St Mary's, I think the focus now is taking it up to those top sides in Eltham, Diamond Creek, Banyol, and Lower Plenty in those final couple of rounds. They've shown they can. They've, you know, Banyol they did comfortably get defeated in the first round of the season out there, and they got close against Eltham at Watmo Park and. Against lower plenty, t- against lower plenty, and, and Diamond Creek too. But yeah, this is their opportunity and starts a bit of a tough run home for them. But then the second top of the table clash. This is a very interesting one. Diamond Creek and Eltham. Uh, yeah, it's. I think this is Diamond's Creek chance to to not fly under the radar and show that they can be a side that can you know be a premiership favourite. And, and yeah, they've shown you know they can defeat. Mm. A couple of well sites around around them too in Banyol and you know Lower Plenty and you know, I think it's eight or nine games they have one as well so that's a very interesting matchup out at Coventry over and I'm expecting a very close one I think it was a a bit of a comfortable victory for Eltham last time around at Central Park but yeah it's going to be much closer this time around and Division Three well. I'm going to go straight to second versus third. Old Eltham Collegians in South Morang. That is a massive matchup out of the Eltham mm. College. And, you know, it was close last time, a high-scoring affair, but I'm expecting this one to be a scrap and a, a low-scoring affair and a very close one. Mernda Heidelberg West is also yeah, that's a, another very one. Good, a very good one. Chance for Mernda to, you know, potentially stop Heidelberg West form and a chance for Heidelberg West to show that how much they've improved. And then you've got Laura Malayla and Kilmore Reservoir. Great to look ahead and see all those intriguing matchups as well. So, lots to look forward to. Make sure you keep up to date with all the news and the fixtures and results as well. If you head to the NFNL website, nfnl.org.au. So, Doug Nichols round this weekend, of course. Great chance to um, you know celebrate the contributions that Indigenous Australians have had um, on this country. And also, the Junior Development Series continues tomorrow. The NFNL will play... Mm-hmm against the EDFL across both here at La Trobe as, as well as 
um, different ones as well. Uh, I think they're playing at Craigieburn and a couple of other places yeah. as well. So great for our six NFNL sites to have the opportunity to play another game representing our league. So great to look forward to across the whole competition, not just senior men's, but women's, juniors, netball, everything in between. Josh Ward, thank you as always for coming on. Always a pleasure and you cannot wait for this weekend. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL podcast.